Do the Aggies have national championship upside in 2022? All that and more on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. And it is football time. Spring practice has passed. Summer strength and conditioning is now behind us. And fall camp is here. And recently, our friends over at Saturday Down South released a quote-unquote best-case scenario for each team in the SEC. Of course, with AM being in the SEC, they're going to be included in this conversation. And the, the, the basis for the article, for the column, was basically that if everything goes right for this team, what's the upside? And as you go through the SEC, it's probably relatively easy to sort of place these teams in some sort of order. Um, Alabama and Georgia's upside, according to this column, is that they can go undefeated, they can go 12-0, and they can play for and win the national championship. That's relatively difficult to argue with, considering that those two teams essentially did that last year. They didn't go undefeated, but they made it to the national championship game, Georgia winning the national title. Um, right below Alabama and Georgia, in terms of who has the highest end upside or best-case scenario in the SEC, according to this column, was Texas A&M sitting at, saying that their best possible record for 2022, if everything goes right, was 10-2 and two with a berth in a New Year's Six Bowl. And if you think about and then the, the only other team with expectations or with upside as high, according to this column, as, as A&M, is Arkansas um, at the same 10-2 and two New Year's Six Bowl upside. And when you think about the fact that of the four teams in that realm, you know, Alabama is carrying, you know, Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner, back into the 2022 season at quarterback. Georgia brings Stetson Bennett back, who is a national championship winning quarterback, who played extremely well in the playoff and in the SEC championship through to uh, to take those Georgia Bulldogs to the national title. Arkansas brings back K.J. Jefferson, their quarterback. Uh, and then even the next couple of teams that carry nine and three sort of upsides with some, some New Year's six possibilities. Kentucky brings back Will Levis. Mississippi State brings back Will Rogers. Tennessee brings back Hinton Hooker. The only team with a nine and three upside that doesn't have a very, very obvious returning starter as a sort of star quarterback face of the team is LSU, who's got that 93 protection. And then there's AM. We've talked a lot about their quarterback scenario, their quarterback situation um, and competition, maybe the word that Jimbo Fisher would prefer that we use. Um, the quarterback competition there for AM. 
for AM to have that 10 and 2 upside, according to this column, with the with the opportunity to go to a New Year's Six Bowl, that just tells you how great this AM roster has the opportunity to be if there's the quarterback questions and they still have that upside. That this this columnist didn't hedge his bet a little bit with AM and put them in that nine and three column. And, and instead included them in that in that New Year six, 10 and two, just below Georgia and Alabama line of, of upside possibility. And to be honest, if we're talking upside, if we're talking best case scenario, there's no reason why this this AM team in the best case, everything plays out the way that Jimbo Fisher would imagine it the absolute best in his mind. Haynes King, Max Johnson, Connor Wigman, whoever wins the starting quarterback job, plays out of his mind, is one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the conference, in the country even. Evan Stewart, the new freshman wide receiver, Chris Marshall, pairs with Anaya Smith and Devin A. Chain, and they have this dynamic playmaking offense. The defense plays the way it has in the last few years. DJ Durkin steps in smoothly, calls the defense, the young players come in, make an impact, create this massive amount of depth. There's no reason why this team couldn't be 11 and one, 12 and 0, and have a chance to uh, have a chance to play in the college football playoff for the national championship. I very strongly, personally believe that that is the upside. That is the best case scenario for AM. If you're playing a 50-50 game of hey, this team could be better than this record or this team could fall worse than this record and you want to shoot it right down the middle I think like nine and a half is probably the right number if you're setting an over under but if you're talking absolute best case scenario I don't think Saturday down south has the ceiling quite high enough uh, in fact he, well, as we continue through the SEC we have South Carolina eight and four with Spencer Rattler Ole Miss eight and four Auburn eight and four, Florida eight and four. Uh, those head coaches, Brian Harson and, and Billy Napier, in, in their really important seasons. Napier in season one, Brian Harson in, in season two, with with all the drama that's taken place there. Then Mizzou seven and five upside, and then Vanderbilt four and eight. I mean, it's pretty amazing that the the top end for all these teams is is pretty significantly above five hundred winning record and and really good teams. It just shows how deep the SEC really is. Um, in this 2022 season. But again, I really feel like AM has, I feel like he hedged his bets here a little bit and that AM really has 11 and 1, 12 and 0 upside if all of the dominoes fall into place. There's too much high end. And we'll get to some of the observations from camp here a little bit later, the first day or so. But there's too much depth. There's too much ability. There's too much talent on this A&M team to not say, hey, we have the ability to compete at the absolute highest level if we get the quarterback play that we need and if these things fall into place. Speaking of falling into place, one of my absolute favorite foods, my absolute favorite flavors is cookie dough. And if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, everything is falling into place for you and for me to enjoy the absolute greatest joys in life. That's right. 
a cookie dough puff from Built Bar covered in 100% real chocolate, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, 100% real chocolate. That's right. I'll say it again because it means so much. 100% real chocolate, only 160 calories, 15 grams of protein. Run to Built.com and grab a box for you and the family. It will be a perfect treat. You may want to find a hiding place, though, and hoard them for yourself. Just like all Built Bars, they are covered in 100% chocolate. They are healthy and tasty, light, fluffy texture, chocolate-covered cookie dough. Oh, my goodness. What's great about Built Bar is that all of their bars and puffs are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, has tons of health benefits, tastes good, and it's really good for you. You are going to love the cookie dough chunk puff. The offer is built.com promo code locked15. That is locked15 to get 15% off your order. Built.com locked15. Okay, so fall camp kicked off on Wednesday, and we have some notes from folks who were there to observe the practice. We appreciate our insiders who have the opportunity, our media who have the opportunity to attend practice and give these reports. Um, really important thing to note, the very first thing to note as we walk through the offense here first, uh, who was the quarterback running with the first team? That's the question. Day one, it's Haynes King with the ones, Max Johnson with the twos, and Connor Wigman with the threes. It also is important to note and, uh, and Jimbo pointed this out in his press conference, and then it was shown on the practice field as well. Redshirt freshman Eli Stowers is back at quarterback after spending last season at tight end. And you just have to wonder how much this conversation that we've had about the 2023 class for A&M and the quarterback position is coming into play in this scenario here where we know that there's a very, very good likelihood that in 2023, two of the three of either Haynes, Max, and Connor, two of those three are very likely to no longer be with the A&M football program. And so if that were the case, they would be going into the season with, we'll assume, call it Connor as the starting quarterback, and nobody in place as his backup. If, if they don't secure a 2023 recruit in this recruiting class. So rather than leaving Eli at tight end, maybe you bring him back to quarterback, let him get the reps through fall camp and through the season as a backup quarterback. He's a redshirt freshman. He's got plenty of eligibility left. He's the only quarterback from the 2021 class. So you bring him back, and then now he's in position to if you don't get a 23 quarterback like a Malachi Nelson or somebody else, and you do lose Haynes and Max after the year, or you do lose two of those three quarterbacks, you don't have to go out and depend on the portal to find a quarterback to come in and be the backup or to compete for playing time. Just an, an interesting note for the, the, fact that we've had that conversation so many times with the recruiting class and the quarterbacks. Um, there, there was an offensive staff sort of shakeup in terms of primary responsibilities, at least on the first day of camp. James Coley, who has typically historically worked with the tight ends, 
was with the wide receivers on day one. Damian Craig, who has typically been with the wide receivers, is a former college quarterback. He was working with the quarterbacks. And Daryl Dickey, one of the co-offensive coordinators um, who has typically worked with the quarterbacks, was with the tight end. So just a little bit of a shuffle, a uh, little merry-go-round there among the coaches. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that's permanent or if that was a some sort of a way to just get these guys a look at different positions and get the players a little different perspective. We'll see. More than likely, my guess would be they wouldn't spend day one of camp that way. They would do it later on in camp if they were going to do that switch just for the purpose of of the different perspective and the different insight. Um, on the offensive line, Trey Zoon did miss practice. He's out due to COVID. Um, Aki Ogunbihi, uh Bihi took the first team left tackle reps in his place. Um, we hope Trey feels better soon. We hope he's able to get back out on the field. But more importantly than getting back out on the field, we hope he's okay. We hope everything is is straight there. Uh, in terms of the first team offensive line, uh, Ruben Fathery played right tackle. Lane Robinson, big big L, playing right tackle. None of these are surprises. Bryce Foster's your center. Um, Jordan Spazajevic Moko played left guard. And as I mentioned, Aki got the rep at left tackle. So that is a group that we should see significant improvement from 2021 to 2022, which as, as anybody who watches and understands football understands that if the offensive line is solid, it really facilitates everything else to happen it makes a quarterback's life easier, especially in the situation where you you have a quarterback who, if it's Haynes, doesn't have a ton of experience, if it's Connor, is a true freshman, um, or if it's Max, might be a little more traditional drop-back passer, a little bit less on the mobility front than Haynes might bring. But uh, with the offensive line solid, it facilitates big plays, even with a, with a pure pocket passer. Uh, Evan Stewart and Chris Marshall, the freshman wide receivers, looked the part. There were some pretty good competition-style drills that they put the wide receivers through uh, that we were able to see on some of the video that came out. Those guys looked good. Those guys are going to be very important to the offense, as we talked about earlier, uh, and being able to create big plays, something that this offense has struggled with pretty often over the course of the last few years uh, since Jimbo's been in town. Good competition going on at the tight end spot. Uh, Theodore Mellon Orstrom, um, the freshman, Donovan Green, and Jake Johnson, the other another freshman, um, each bring their own unique aspects to the position. It will be interesting to see which way they lean as they get through camp and get towards the game against Sam Houston, um, where each one of those guys fits in terms of the depth chart and usage, as I'm sure they will all get some run throughout the course of the season. Couple of, especially when you get into 12 personnel, some two tight end sets. Um, those guys will bring different things to the game and will be able to, to balance out the speed and explosion that you have all over the field with some, some bigger weapons, big catch radiuses, uh, the ability to work in the middle of the field, which will help, always helps the quarterbacks as well. As we move to the defense, um, a couple of freshmen, Marquis Groves Killebrew and Gabriel Brown Dindy, were out with injury the first day. They didn't work. They're working their way back. Uh, hopefully, we'll see those guys soon. Uh, in terms of the depth chart on the defense, um, Antonio Johnson, uh, Mr. All Everything, defensive back, still stayed at nickel where he played last year. 
Um, there's been some conversation, some talk about whether he may get run at safety this year um, just to take advantage of his versatility a little bit and take advantage of the depth that AM has at the cornerback position that they may or may not have at safety position at the safety spot to match. Uh, so Jarden Gilbert was the guy getting the safety reps opposite of Damani Richardson. Um, another spot where there's some question mark in terms of how it will shake out. Um, Edron Cooper and Andre White were the first team linebackers in camp. Um, those two guys are going to have to have a really big year um, in order to to facilitate the way this defense wants to play. Um, what these guys want, they want to play five defensive backs all the time. They want to nickel is the new base, especially in college football. And with wanting to play in nickel so much, these two true off the ball linebackers are going to be guys who have to cover a lot of ground and they're going to have to make a ton of tackles. And so seeing those two guys work together and be able to play well, especially as we get through the non-conference slate and we get to the conference games, we get to October 8th against Alabama, we get to Jerry World against Arkansas. Those games are going to be, it's going to be key for those linebackers and those second level defenders, the safeties, Antonio Johnson playing nickel will play a part in that. But, um, but those guys at the second level are extremely important. Um, it will be interesting to see if there's any shakeup in that group or if those two are really solidified as the two guys who are the first off-ball linebackers um, and how well they can develop chemistry and everything working together um, to help play the run, even from a lighter box playing with the five defensive backs at all times. Um, we'll turn our attention to the freshmen for a little bit. Um, a lot of the freshmen – uh, especially a lot of the notable freshmen, Walter Nolan, Shamar Stewart, Smoke Bowie, uh, Martrell Harris, Ish Harris, Jacoby Matthews, and I White, some other guys were mainly on the third defensive unit. Um, guys like LT Overton, Dev, uh, Denver Harris, Anthony Lucas, Bryce Anderson, and Jared Kerr landed on the second unit. Um, there weren't any freshmen on the first unit defense. That's not all that surprising. Some of these guys just got onto campus last month. It's the first day of camp. There's almost always going to be, from these coaches, a little bit of a deferral early in the program, early in camp. They're going to defer a little bit to those veteran guys just as a way to keep um, – a way to build the culture in the program that seniority matters a little bit um, and that experience matters Ultimately, we've seen Jimbo and his staff play true freshmen before. We've seen them start. Last year, they had true freshmen start. It's happened in other years as well. He's not scared to start a true freshman. I'm sure we will see some of these guys rise through the depth chart over the course of the next few days or of the next few weeks as we lead up to, to camp. They will get lots of work, I'm sure, in the early games against Sam Houston and things like that. They will get experience in those games, and then we will see how the depth chart shakes out once we get to the SEC schedule, once we get into the month of October and things like that. Going back to the quarterback a little bit, and something I didn't mention earlier that I want to make sure that I say, just because Haynes took the first team reps on Wednesday, it's very likely that Max takes them Thursday and maybe even Connor takes them Friday and that they wind up in a rotation um, either between Max and Haynes or between all three 
of putting those guys with the first team just to make sure that they get the best evaluation possible to make sure that they give every quarterback the opportunity to see who is going to be the guy who plays the best. I'm sure a couple of weeks into camp, as we get closer and closer to the regular season, we will start to see those reps get weighted a little bit differently, depending on how Jimbo, Coach Dickey, and, and um, Coach Craig have evaluated those players. And we'll see how that shakes out. We'll have all that news for you here. We'll have all of that information for you right here on Locked on Aggies. We are so grateful that you make Locked on Aggies your first listen every day. Make your second listen, Locked on SEC, Coach or host Chris Gordy, um, and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. That's Locked On SEC. Thanks for joining me here on Locked On Aggies today. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. You can read my writing about all things Texas A&M at aggieswire.usatoday.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. And please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Check out our YouTube channel, Locked On Aggies, as well. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that notification bell. Rate and review us. Leave a comment. Um, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All of those things are going to help grow this show and grow this channel as we do our best to provide the best coverage we can for you for Texas A&M football for the 2022 season. Thank you guys again so much for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow.